imagine I have a lighter in my hands and I'm swaying back and forth and Nate is still right. snapping to the music. That's right. We need we need a lighter or something, right? To sway back and forth to. We need something. Good morning, everybody. Good, morning. Good to see all of you. Welcome to another episode of Wake Up to Life with Lauren and Nate, your favorite pro-life morning show. Once again, I'm your co-host, Laura Musica, President and CEO of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And I'm Nate Robertson, Vice President of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And it is such a great joy for us to connect with you today and each and every Friday as we talk about what's going on in the pro-life world and how we can continue to work on changing hearts and minds on this most important issue of our times, the cause of life. That's right. Prayer, news, stories, devotional. Oh, my goodness. I All the things. We have all the things here on The Morning Show. We are so excited to do this every week and hopefully inspire and encourage you to continue this great work in the battle for life. So exciting. So anyways, uh, as we get rolling this morning, we're going to have a little bit of uh, some small talk, and then we're going to get into our pro-life headline for the week. Uh, we've got a doozy for you, a really big breaking story. And then we're going to go into our victory story, our tip. Uh, normally do an interview, but we're going to do something special in place of our interview segment this week. And then we're going to finish out with a devotional and word of prayer. Uh, so New Year's is upon us. Uh, first off, Nate, did you have a good Christmas? We did. We had a great time. We're still having a great time. We're trying to make sure that we celebrate throughout the end of the year. So we always have a, a good time with our, our family here. Um, we always stay home for Christmas so the Aww. boys can experience Christmas at home. And um, my mother-in-law lives with us and my sister-in-law is always with us for the holidays. So we've had a great time and done several different adventures around town and spent time with some friends. So it's been great. That's really fun and different in Orlando, Florida. You get to go to all these cool places at Christmas, That's right. right? Everything's all lit. Yeah, and, and it's, yeah. you know, and it's 70 degrees or, or close oh, to it, 75 is... all the time. Well, we are a balmy, what is it here in North Texas? 33 degrees right now. Oh, my it's goodness. Gonna, now, it is colder today. It's in the mid-50s, I think. It's going to okay. be in the 60s today. So it's a little bit cooler, but... Man, I don't want the 30s. I don't want um, to experience that on a regular basis. We're in a we we do a brief stint here in the morning, and then we warm up to about the mid 50s. Uh, we're even getting back up to 60 tomorrow, so you know it could be a lot worse. Of course, uh, those of you in North Dakota, Minnesota, and beyond want to slash our tires this morning, and that's okay. Uh, <laughs> right. So we need to stop talking about the weather because we live in Texas and Florida, right? Okay, right. so New Year's is a few days away. Uh, Nate, do you have your New Year's resolutions all figured out? Do you have one you want to share with us? That's, that's so funny. So I am not somebody who normally makes this list of things that I'm going to magically do in the new year. But I will tell you, here's like maybe a fun one, but it's kind of fitness too. Um, okay. One thing I'd like to do in 2024 is I'd like to ride my bike more. So we have an amazing um, bike path by our house, and I would love to make sure that I spend more time out there. Um, from a family perspective, I have an intruder. I'm sorry. I'm just going to have to say, let him say oh, hi. So he's hi, Reese. Um, from a family perspective, wave, wave. From a family <laughs> perspective, I would love to make sure that you know we're just having even more family time because that's really important to us. But yeah. Lauren, what about you? 
Oh, it's so funny. I posed the question to you even right before the show and I had, I had to think about it myself. Um, you know what? I think mine is related to fitness as well. Like I, I have actually been really good in the evenings about walking my three puppy dogs for yeah. a good hour and I've dropped off a little bit lately and I'm starting to get back into it. So probably just to keep up some of the good habits that I had developed. Um, and then to not eat so much chocolate during the week. So that's probably <laughs> not so one. much chocolate. That's <laughs> a good one. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, right. you know, I'm always on a fitness journey myself, so I am trying yeah. to do better with the diet and that can be a challenge. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, hopefully all of you out there, whether you are somebody who sits down and actually writes out your New Year's resolutions or you keep them kind of close to your heart, uh, I, we wish you a great and prosperous start to the new year. So exciting. <laughs> Ooh, we're going to pray for Faith this morning on her way to go do sidewalk advocacy. Thank you for sharing. We will be praying for you today. Yeah, a lot of our sidewalk advocates are still going out. Um, it's hard to believe that some abortion facilities are open on Christmas Eve. And some continue in between Christmas Eve and New Year's. So please keep yeah. everyone in your prayers who is going, who are going out to their local abortion facility right now to offer those loving, life-affirming alternatives to those going in. It's a season of hope. And a lot of times our sidewalk advocates have been able to bring that up to the women. Like, hey, you know, let, let's do this right. Don't start off your holiday season with this memory, right? There's always hope. There's always help. So we'll keep that in mind. All right. Uh, I think it's about time for a word of prayer. What do you say, Nate? Sounds great. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be together again this morning. We thank you for this Christmas season and the many blessings that we are all experiencing and, and the blessings that we can remember because of the, the blessing that your son is to the earth. Um, and Jesus, we're just so grateful for all that you're doing in our lives. And we just thank you for this season. God, we pray this morning for those who are headed to the sidewalk or are already on the sidewalk of abortion and abortion referral facilities across America, that you would protect them, that you would give them peace, that you would give them guidance, that you would give them clarity of mind, and that you would help them to be the hands of hope that are so needed in these moments. God, I do pray that today, um, on this Friday after Christmas, that there would be many women and men who show up to abortion facilities that would be willing to consider the, the hope and the options that are available to them and not um, have an abortion experience as a part of their Christmas season of 2023. God, I pray that you'd continue to bless all with uh, all of those who work within the pregnancy help movement and be with them today as they are ready to receive women and men after being intercepted by sidewalk advocates on the sidewalk. God, I pray for our mobile clinic providers and partners as well. And God, we just pray that you would continue to guide Sidewalk Advocates for Life into the future as we continue to work to cover all uncovered abortion facilities with well-trained advocates to be there as your hands and feet. God, we pray that you bless us today and you would keep us safe and we'll continue to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Nate. All right, here's our headline. Gosh, this feels like a bit of deja vu. So apparently, very recently, Project Veritas, who does undercover investigative video work, they caught Planned Parenthood helping minors travel for abortion. So here's what's going on. Planned Parenthood has allegedly been caught on camera again, right? Because live action has demonstrated this through their 
undercover video investigative work. They showed their willingness once again to assist a 13-year-old minor in crossing state lines to undergo an abortion without parental knowledge or consent. Uh, some are calling this, of course, abortion trafficking. So this took place in Missouri, where the state law says that 13-year-olds cannot consent to sex or abortion. So this was a five-minute undercover video, and we're specifically kind of setting up part one of the two-part investigation by Project Veritas. And it showed a conversation between the managing director of Planned Parenthood in Kansas City, Missouri, and a male investigator who's off screen. So the male investigator, you know, set up this scene and was inquiring about obtaining an abortion for the 13-year-old girl. So the video highlights the ease once again with what with which the abortion industry partakes in potentially breaking the law and trafficking young girls for abortion. The Planned Parenthood official said parents are never informed of the abortions, yikes, because Planned Parenthood considers a 13-year-old to be an adult. Mm, I guess they're the arbiters of the law, right? However, it is clear that state law does not. It's Missouri state law that says that those 13 years old and younger cannot consent to sex with anyone. And those 14, 15, and 16 cannot consent to sex with someone who is more than four years older. In addition, Missouri law states that no minor may consent to an abortion. Planned Parenthood is required to report the sexual abuse of this 13-year-old girl. In Kansas, where Planned Parenthood was going to send the girl for an abortion, the age of consent is 16, and parental consent is required for a minor. Perhaps the most dangerous revelation was the way Planned Parenthood appeared to confidently promote the abortion trafficking of minor children with the help of strangers or male companions potentially aiding child sexual abusers. I mean, my question, Nate, is how much is this going on behind our backs? We know that post-Row America has become a haven for sex traffickers and abusers to continue their crimes, and Planned Parenthood seems to be aiding and abetting this madness. Uh, this is not the first time that Planned Parenthood has been caught on video doing something like this. A handful of years ago, Live Action actually came out with an undercover investigative video series where Planned Parenthood officials were caught aiding and abetting underage sex trafficking. That's the scene that they set up, and, and they showed it in a few different places. This is scary. So I want to get your thoughts on this, Nate, as we get rolling here this morning. Yeah, it is scary, but unfortunately, it's not unexpected. This is Planned Parenthood. This is yeah. the abortion industry. They profit off of making sure that children die. They profit off of making sure that women are being harmed. That is what they yeah. do. That's their business model. It is ridiculous that they are doing this, but unfortunately, it shouldn't surprise us because they are they are a part of an industry that cares nothing about the law, cares nothing about regulation, cares nothing about making sure that women are safe. We have seen it time and time again. Yeah. And you're right. We had seen this several years ago when there was an undercover um, you know, investigation that showed that they were aiding and abetting in underage sex trafficking. We see this now here. And this one, I do hope, is very alarming to people and begins to wake people up that something must happen. Yeah. The idea that a 13-year-old girl in Missouri could be could be helped in some way by strangers to go out of her state, 13 years old. I have a 14-year-old son. I can't imagine him even being a part of going out of state without my knowledge with strangers. 
a 13 year old girl being taken trafficked, I would say, right out of state by strangers to go and prospectively be put up in a, a cheap hotel to then have an abortion procedure and then get home without her parents or guardians ever being told, come on. Like yeah. this has to be something that raises the alarm bells for everyone. And it must be something that there's accountability for. Yes, it is hard to hold these state laws, um, you know, to a, hold, hold people accountable to these state laws. Nobody's saying that it's necessarily easy to enforce the law, but the laws must be enforced. And yeah. this has to raise the alarm bells. And we need the public to put pressure on the state agencies to do something about the reality that girls are being told that at 13 years old, they are treated as adults by Planned Parenthood and that yeah. they can be taken across state lines without their parents or guardians ever being told. It's gross. It's disgusting. And unfortunately, it fits right within Planned Parenthood's business model. Business as usual. Um, producer, can you go ahead and put that clip back up that you just had on the board here? I want to read this quote from the, this is not some lower level employee. This is the managing director of Planned Parenthood in Kansas City, Missouri. She says, every day, every day, we can set up hotels for them. We set up every day, every day. There you go. This is not like a one-off thing. And, and that would be detestable in and of itself. She's saying we do this every day. She says, yeah, we never tell the parents anything. She's an adult in our clinics. Goodness gracious. The audacity, yeah. the yeah. audacity for, uh, for an adult to call a 13-year-old child an adult, able right. to make her own medical decisions. Wow. Where was the I don't even I don't even have words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where was the concern for this child for the rampant sex trafficking we have across this country? So this is eye opening. So we really thank Project Veritas once again for um, showing us the truth behind the scenes. Um, and in fact, it was actually Lila Rose in live action that learned from Project Veritas. Uh, if you read Lila's book that that she wrote about her journey to becoming a defender for life. Uh, and, and getting into pro-life work, uh, she learned from um, the uh, uh, the former gentleman that was in charge, James James O'Keefe, right? I believe is his name. Yeah, that's and, right. Right, and uh, learned from Project Veritas and and what they did. So, anyways, they're a great tag team, so to speak, here in the culture and helping us to understand what's really going on. Interesting. So, uh, hopefully, uh, we see some good follow up here, and uh, people are brought to justice. We'll see, right? Yeah, All right, right. Uh, Nate. Why don't we switch to a bit of good news? <laughs> How's yeah, that? Absolutely, yeah. sounds good. So I have the victory story today, and I really try to bring you fresh stories because we do have so many incredible stories that are happening all over the country. So I have a brand new story that just is happening this week, and we imagine it will continue to develop over the next couple of weeks with this young couple. Um, so one of our sidewalk advocate teams in the Southeast was out you know, doing sidewalk advocacy the other day. And this, um, this facility, this abortion facility and this pregnancy resource center actually are, are sharing a, a common driveway. And, and so our sidewalk advocates are always there. And, and this abortion facility has recently had some pretty aggressive escorts that have been showing up. Um, but now, finally, it seems like some of that is calming down due to some security presence that is also there um, from the local police department. And so the other day, 
the amazing story that developed was that this young couple showed up as a walk-in for an abortion. That's not very common these days. And at this facility, that's not something that they really ever have. But late in the day, this young couple showed up um, unannounced for a walk-in appointment, had just learned that they were pregnant that very day and were very, you know, kind of, you know, distraught and trying to figure out what to do and, and, and you know, just trying to process the news that they had. Our sidewalk advocates were able to intercept this young couple and be, were able to, to talk with them and begin to give them, you know, medically accurate information that they needed regarding this pregnancy and regarding the, the reality that she needs to have an ultrasound and she needs to make sure that this pregnancy is viable before making a decision about abortion and that she needs to make sure if this pregnancy might be ectopic. And so they were able to have this great discussion, able to show them around the pregnancy center and were able to get them set up for an ultrasound appointment so that they could see how this pregnancy was developing. But what was really key about this story is that our SAWIC advocates were very observant about this young couple and were able to connect with their faith. Um, this young lady had, um, I believe she was wearing a necklace that was significant about her faith. And so we were, our sidewalk advocates were able to connect with that and were able to talk to her about, you know, her faith and, and what God would want her to do in this situation and what her family would want in this situation. And so in this story, it was a really beautiful picture of how the sidewalk advocates were able to intercept this young lady as she's coming in for an abortion appointment able to give her medically accurate information, make sure that she's aware of the risk of abortion and the need to make sure that this pregnancy is viable before she considered an abortion. And then in this very specific situation, they were also able to connect her with her faith in talking about the reality of this pregnancy. Not something that always happens, right? We talk a lot about mom, baby, God, and that sometimes the discussions about spirituality and about God are a very distant third when we're dealing with a young woman who is dealing with a challenging situation and considering an abortion. But in this scenario, it worked and it was significant in seeing this young couple, at least for now, say that they would continue this pregnancy and journey along with our sidewalk advocates and this PRC. So just another beautiful victory story, but I think it also highlights a lot of different aspects of what we do here at Sidewalk Advocates for Life and how we try to make sure and serve each and every woman that we encounter on the sidewalk. Back to you. Thank you, Nate. Beautiful, beautiful story. Well, that dovetails so well with what my tip is going to be this week, which is mom, baby, God. So you had mentioned something during your story, Nate, that uh, I think it would be really fun to unpack for everyone as I have the tip this week. And that is, isn't it true that God comes first? When we're out on the sidewalk, we may want, understandably, as people of faith and conscience, to give that woman life and life abundant, right? God always comes first. So, you know, why when Nate was telling a story, did he say, hey, sometimes the faith discussion is a distant third. So let me explain it this way. We as pro-lifers have things in the right order, right? God comes first. A mother puts her child before herself. So the right or the natural order is God, baby, mom. 
But a woman in crisis mode, a woman in self-preservation mode has all of that inverted because she's in crisis mode. She's thinking about herself first, not even necessarily meaning to, but that's what happens when you're in crisis. You think I've got to get out of the situation. She's pushing baby to the recesses of her mind. She's pushing God even further away because if she stopped to think about what he might say about her situation, she might change her mind and that scares her. And then you have Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry swooping in and saying things like $500, nobody has to know, your life will magically go back to normal. And that's part of the great lie, right? So just as Christ has met us in our great need, and the scriptures tell us, I become all things to all men that all might be saved. What we want to do in that spirit, because he loved us first, we want to follow in his footsteps. We want to love as he loves. And so we're going to go ahead and run to where she is and love her into a decision for life. So we're going to start with mom first, because if she doesn't know that we care about her and her situation, she will not hear anything related to baby and to God. So again, I just want to say Bottom line, God is always first. We know this as believers. We want to give people Christ. That is the most important thing is to get them into the arms of the great physician. But we can't get there with a woman in crisis if we first don't connect with her and her personal situation first. And this is what good missionaries do, right? When they go overseas, if they're smart, they don't walk up to someone and say, do you know Jesus? They say, do you have food? Do you have running water? Do you have a place to live? Do you have a place to lay your head, right? And then what happens is fertile ground is created to receive God, to, to receive the word of God, right? And so we're going to start with her first. We care about you. We love you. We've got real help for you today, right? Trying to figure out why she's there. There's always a reason or a set of reasons that brings someone to the abortion facility. Can we figure out why they're there and offer to fill those needs in a life-affirming manner? And quite often at this stage, this is where women turn around. We don't sometimes even get to baby and God because as soon as we fill that need in her life that brought her there in the first place, her instinct because of the way that she's made is to turn back to herself and to reconsider the life of her child. But should we need to, and it can be good to do this, right? Uh, again, we don't have much time on the sidewalk. So if we can fill those needs quite often, women will just turn around right then and there. And then we get them over to the pregnancy center and we let them take over. But as we continue the conversation, should we need to, then we're going to go to baby and say, by the way, how far along are you? Oh, you're eight weeks. Did you know your little one is doing backflips in your womb and sucking his or her thumb and has brain waves and a heartbeat? And we're, you know, we start to paint this picture of life. And then a great way to bring up God in, in today's day and age that seems to be very non-confrontational is, do you have a faith? Do you pray? And sometimes it's reinforcing the good that we hear or planting seeds for Christ, right? Now, we always say a longer faith discussion is quite often better away from the natural tension of the sidewalk inside a pregnancy resource center, where again, she's just in a more relaxed setting. She's in front of a sonogram. She's able to just share her heart, share her perspective, share her very personal and painful story. And we're there to receive it and nurture and bless and guide, right? So anyways, I just thought that this was the perfect dovetail with Nate's story as well. What does that mom, baby, God paradigm look like? How does it work in practice? Again, I, I just want to emphasize Christ is always first, right? But this is the work of Christ. 
where our Lord ran to quite often fill a physical need first, and then the heart was more open to the spiritual need. We see this demonstrated throughout the gospel, and it's just a beautiful reminder that if we're to follow in his footsteps, he is the great physician. He knows best how to reach people. And so what a beautiful example that we have, that as we seek to fill these very basic needs, what happens is the heart is more open to the greater need, which is that spiritual need for Christ, right? So there you go. So, so good. Love it. Awesome. All right. Well, this is normally the time where we would do a special interview, but we're going to do something a little bit different this week. It is the end of the year. So I've asked Nate, I've asked myself to come up with our favorite or a favorite. It's hard to pick the favorite, right? A favorite moment on the sidewalk or in ministry this year as we think back over 2023. So Nate, um, can I put you on the spot and ask you to, isn't, I'm such a jerk because I'm the one setting this up <laughs> and you get to start or I can start, right? But no, it's totally fine. Favorite ministry memory from 2023. Okay. Do I get two or do I have to just sure? Do you yes okay. as, as long as so i'm, I'm gonna full stories but yeah sure. no, no 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 it'll just be really quick i i will take two though really quickly um one would be our pensacola closing celebration and mm. um and video that we put together earlier in the year i think that that was sometime at the end of the spring just such a powerful time of a celebrating the closure of that facility in pensacola florida which have been such a great partnership between the Center for Client Safety, which at that time was known as Reprotection, and Sidewalk Advocates for Life, and bringing the awareness to what was going on in that facility, and then working with the state agencies here in Florida to see that facility close. So that was an incredible um, opportunity to be a part of that project, incredible just story that happened in Pensacola. And secondly, I would say um, my time in Redding, California, I actually got to go twice this year at the beginning of the year and then here at the late in the late part of the year um, as I've been working in a special partnership with them and not just being on the sidewalk with them, but a story that had developed right before I went this last time in November was that they had intercepted a young lady who was showing up to the abortion facility because she was desperate to try and stop her chemical abortion that was underway and Planned Parenthood had told her there was no option. There was no way to stop it. They flat out lied to her. They didn't give her any information about abortion pill reversal or the abortion pill rescue network. And our sidewalk advocates were well-trained. They were well-positioned. They were able to intercept her and they were able to help her get to the PRC and get on the progesterone therapy she needed and were able to stop that abortion. So those would be two of my huge moments this year. That is so awesome. I, I just, wow. I think about like the training that our sidewalk advocates had, had gone through and everything to be able to receive that mom and get her actually what she yeah. needed. Right. It's just so That's sad right. to me. Planned Parenthood would not offer her that, but, oh, so it's going to be hard to top those two stories, but I'll give you uh, at least a favorite. Cause I'm, I'm sure I'm missing something. There were so many great things that happened this year. Um, one of my most favorite moments is when actually you came to me, Nate, and you said, Hey, the programs team would like to meet with you over zoom, right? We work all over the country. So, Hey, we want to set up a meeting. We, we, we would all like to meet with you. And how many are on the programs team, at least aside from our Metro coordinators, I want to say there's, yeah, I think at that time there was five of, five of five. them and, and myself. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's a big enough department to where I went, uh oh. And I, I remember asking Nate, is this good or bad? And he said, no, it's good. And I'm like, okay, at least I have that. Right. So I show up at lunch and um, Linda on our programs team has in her possession, has in her hand a recording from a voicemail. This voicemail was the abortion facility director in Miami, or one of many, of course, there's multiple abortion facilities in Miami, but it, it was the, um, the director of a facility that we had just been to. I had just been out on the sidewalk with our Miami sidewalk advocates, and we had seen a turnaround that day. We had sent a woman to the Pregnancy Resource Center, and I thought to myself, oh my gosh, this is so amazing, right? We sent somebody to the Pregnancy Center, and that's always a beautiful victory. So anyways, uh, this this abortion facility manager director had taken it upon herself to grab one of the, the gift bags that we were giving to women that day. And she found the number to the pregnancy center that we were referring women to. Um, and she made a phone call. She called and left a message for their director. Right. So, so again, let me, let me reset this up. Abortion facility manager calling the director of the local pregnancy center where we were redirecting abortion business that day and on the voicemail. So this had gotten back to Linda, right on the voicemail, the abortion facility manager says, you took six of my clients. We need to work something out. You took six of my clients <laughs> and everyone looked at me on the zoom call. The programs team looked at me and they said, did you hear that? Oh my gosh. And I was like, I, I just had a moment. I had a moment. Like I was in such disbelief. Like, did I, did I really hear that? And it really underscores what we tell sidewalk advocates from our friend, former Planned Parenthood director, Abby Johnson, that, that when we have a peaceful, prayerful presence in front of an abortion facility, that the cancellation or no-show rate can go as high as 75%. And here's the thing. I don't even know that they know about the one that we turned around before she walked through the front door. So there may have been as many as seven turnaways on that fateful day on the sidewalk in Miami, Florida, and the abortion facility manager was furious, right? So that was a moment in time where I was like, wow, look at what God did. And it goes to show that we don't always see the fruit of our labor right in front of our face. It was almost like a God whisper, like, hey, you're doing far more than you can see. So just keep that in mind, right? Anyway, so, so, so beautiful. So that was quite a moment for me. And I got to even play a clip of that voicemail, of course, without identifying information uh, at our conference in October and everyone's jaw just hit the ground. So that was a very precious moment. I love that. <laughs> so awesome. Oh, Great yeah. memories from this year. Yeah, really, really good. All right. One more thing that I just want to impart as we get ready to wrap up the show, Nate's going to lead us and, and close us out with uh, a devotional and a word of prayer. Um, I just thought I would bring this before our community once more because we're getting ready to close out the year. We have three days until the end of the year. Is that right? Isn't that hard to believe? New Year's it is. Eve it's hard. Is this Sunday, 11.59 p.m., the ball is going to get ready to drop. It's also the end of our year-end matching campaign. And right at this moment, we're at about 50% of goal and we really need your help because these funds are going to help us get in front of prospectively another 40 abortion facilities to reach more moms and to save more preborn children. So we really need your support. 
uh, because of the match, $10 becomes $20, $500 becomes $1,000, $2,500 becomes $5,000. Everything you give right now is instantly doubled to the ministry. Um, I'm going to have our producer put the link here on, on the screen. But I'll say it just in case you're listening to this by podcast. It's sidewalkadvocates.org slash donate. Again, that's sidewalkadvocates.org slash donate. And that link will take you to a secure giving site where you can make a life-saving gift of support. You can sign up for a monthly gift. You can do a one-time special gift. Just know we are super grateful for whatever you can do. Every little bit secures more of the match. We don't want to leave any of this generosity sitting on the table. It's a group of ministry partners that came together to offer this matching challenge. It's the largest in our history. It will help us to get in front of more abortion facilities than ever before and also sustain our current life-saving work, 267 teams. We're getting ready to mark 22,000 babies saved any day now, 55 abortion facility closures, and oh my goodness, I think it's 87 eternal souls that have left the abortion business with the help and witness of a sidewalk advocate. So God is doing amazing, powerful things. Pray for our team this week. There's a handful of us that are interfacing with so many of our ministry partners right now, working so hard to close this. It's so important. If you can help give us a boost, we would be deeply appreciative. So thank you all so much for your support and consideration. We really appreciate it more than we can put into words. So thank you. All right. Devotional time, right? That's right. You know, and, and just to piggyback on what Lauren just said, you know, it is just so important to us to be able to close this campaign. And we're just so grateful for each and every one of you who donate. And if you're not donating financially, you're praying for us. Maybe you're even a sidewalk advocate. So we're just so grateful for each of you. So let's close out with the devotional and some prayer. And then we'll send you on your way this weekend. So I wanted to bring you today Romans 15, 13 which says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. You know, this is a great season of the year to be very um, focused on being hopeful as we celebrate the birth of Jesus and as we move in to a new year where we focus our attention and our thoughts on what can the new year look like. And this opportunity that God has put before us is that we would always be hopeful, that we would allow the God who is hope to fill us with joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we may abound in hope. We may continually have hope as our focus, as what we are looking towards, what we are believing and expecting that things will go in a positive direction, that God will guide us, that he will lead us, that he will make our path straight, that he will help us through the challenges, and that he will continue to bless our lives with, with the prosperity that comes only from him. You know, today, I just want to encourage you to, to meditate on this scripture, to think about it. What does it mean to be hopeful in your own life? What does it mean to maybe allow some of that anxiety to fall to the wayside and really focus yourself on the hope that God has and the hope that God is as we move in to a new year. Take some time and read all of Romans chapter 15, even read the entire book of Romans if you have some time today or throughout this weekend. Meditate on it, spend some time in prayer, and ask God to reveal to you even more that he is the God of hope, that he wants to fill us with joy and peace, and that he wants us to abound in hope. And with that, if you would pray with me today.
Dear Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to be together again this morning. Thank you for all that you are doing throughout Sidewalk Advocates for Life and throughout all of our partners in the pro-life, pro-love uh, movement throughout America and beyond. God, we pray that this morning you will continue to use Sidewalk Advocates to be a sign of hope, to be a sign of peace to those who are in need. May we continue to see miracles happen on the sidewalks of abortion and abortion referral facilities. And may we continue to be good stewards of what you have given us and that you would continue to guide us and lead us into the next steps for the organization and throughout the greater pro-life movement. God, I pray that you would be with young women today who are making um, a life-changing decision and that you would give them a sign. God, I pray for those who are in, in great need today, even those who are being coerced to have abortions or those who are being trafficked in abortion. God, that you would protect them and that you would give them a way out. God, we pray that you would continue to show us and, and guide us and direct us into how we continue to change hearts and minds on this most important issue of our times as we continue to move forward. We'll continue to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise that's due your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Nate. Do you want to hear how lame I am? Uh, <laughs> the audience really loves it, Lauren. The, the audience loves it. Yeah, uh, that's a really good way to start off a sentence, right? Uh, this entire show, I had off my microphone, but thankfully I have a good computer, so you all heard me, but I just realized my microphone was turned off the entire time, so hopefully you can hear me well. You can probably hear me better, and those of you on the podcast are like, wow, Lauren's voice just changed, so I thought I would explain that. But anyways, my new resolution uh, for 2024 is to pay more attention. Um to what is going on in front of me, I guess. I don't know. So we'll figure it out. Anyways, thank you all so much for joining us for the very last episode of 2023 in Wake Up to Life with Lauren and Nate. We're going to be back here next Friday, your favorite pro-life morning show, uh, 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central on YouTube, Facebook Live, or wherever you get podcasts. So we look forward to being with you here in just about a week. We hope you have a great start to 2024, and we will talk to you soon. Have a great week, everybody. God bless. Have Bye -bye. a great one. God bless. Yeah.